these seasons, right, and these time markers, like the end, like December, December 31st, January 1, those are markers to help you see, am I on the right trajectory of life? But as I mentioned, if we're in Christ, we'll see the stark difference of a life in Christ and outside of Christ. So as I was praying earlier this month to talk about, God, what can I talk about at the last Sunday of 2021? I was led to the parable that we read today in Matthew 25. And I learned something in it that I haven't seen before, but I want to give you context. The passage that we read today is part of a four chapter at the end of the book of Matthew from Matthew 24 to 28. Uh, it's where Jesus starts talking about the end. So if you want to know what's going to happen at the end, not just an end of a year or end of a career, end of your life, I'm saying the end, right? You go to Matthew 24 to 28. And so if you need motivation to follow Jesus or to, you know, get right with God, start there. Just go to anywhere in there and read and you realize, wow, okay, the end is coming. Here's the thing, you know, we've all seen, uh, who does not know who Thanos is, is here? Raise your hand if you don't know who Thanos is. You don't know? Really? Okay. It's okay. I know some people who have Apple, uh, Disney Plus uh, account will help you, educate you on Thanos. But Thanos is basically from Marvel, okay? He is a guy that's known for, uh, I'll spoil it for, he snapped his finger and 50% of the world just disappeared, okay? And then the Avengers came. Okay, anyways, that's the short form, right? But, you know, that's not his original idea. Because literally, just like Thanos, when he snapped, you know, Iron Man and Spider-Man were there. They're having their moment. And Spider-Man's like, I, I don't feel right, sir. Or was it Tony or whatever? And he disappears. That idea actually comes from Matthew 24. Jesus says, in the end, it will be like two people in the field doing their work. And the one disappears. Two women milling the, grind, milling the, uh, the, the wheat as they do to make bread. And then as they're, as they're milling, one is gone. So it would be like in our days, you're just chatting with your friend, having a drink, or you're at a wedding party, and you're about to say a wedding vow to somebody, and then the other person who's in Christ suddenly disappears, right? So Jesus tells us these things so that as we experience the end, we can always look back, but also look forward and to make sure, am I ready for that end? So Jesus, in our passage, he says this about that moment. He says, at that time, that time, meaning that end time, the time that Jesus returned, it says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. What is happening in this story that Jesus is telling is there is a wedding banquet. Friends, this is what you have to take away from today's message. There is a party at the end. Amen? Turn to your person next to you and say, there's a party at the end. Yeah. Yes, I'm telling you, being in Christ is the most exciting thing you can ever do. Jesus' first miracle was making wine out of water, turning water into wine in a party. There's no party like a wedding party because wedding party is one of the most important parties, okay? So that's his first miracle. What's his last miracle that Jesus is going to do? Invite us into a wedding party. That's the whole plan of God. He just is a massive party, party dude, okay? All right, so that's what's happening at the end, okay? But the question is, will you be in or will you be out? The truth, as we know, as we mentioned, you're all invited. In fact, God died on the cross. He bled. 
He paid the way for you to enter into that party that's everlasting. Not the kind of party at, at the recent uh, concert, who was it, um, that people died because they were, they were smashed. And Yeah, that guy, Travis Scott. That's kind of what the world does, right? We want a party, but there's always consequences. This is the kind of party that's just everlasting bliss. My question is, will you join? Well, let's see. What happens in this passage, there's two characters going on, right? In this end time parable, there's 10 virgins with the lamps. Because these are the people who were, who were supposed to guide the bridegroom. Before, in, in that time, there was no streetlights, okay? So it's really dark, really dangerous. So these virgins were supposed to wait. The virgins means ladies who, who are married. Young women are supposed to go out there, look, and make sure the bridegroom is making the right path towards where the party is. Because if that connection doesn't happen, there is no party. How can you have a wedding party when the bridegroom and the bride are not together, right? So the, so the tan virgins represents the church who are already part of the party. We are, as we pray today, God is here, the church is here, and the world is here. And we're in between planning the party of Jesus and the world. So as mentioned, bridegroom that the husband-to-be is Jesus who is churning for his bride. He died for the world. Of course, this is an analogy. It's not talking about relational in that sense, but it's talking about the covenant, right, that they are becoming one. Jesus, God himself, wants to dwell with the, the world, the church. So, so God has come to, in the, flesh, in the flesh, as we talked about last Sunday, to become the one who makes us in covenant, in relationship again. Now, therefore, the church has an important role for making this party happen. You and I, as people who already know and already are invited, we have a very important role of making sure that the world and God are able to be reconciled, okay? It's not going to happen by any other person but the church. You and I are the only hope the world has of learning that Jesus is coming back and that they're invited. If we don't do it, then we are literally messing up. Imagine you hire a, uh, a wedding plan for your wedding and they do a horrible job where half the guests didn't even know when the time or the place was. You'd be so angry, right? Well, we have that honor of being responsible for this great party at the end and we are those 10 virgins who are supposed to bring the bridegroom so that the bride can meet and the party can begin. That's what's happening at the end that Jesus is looking for the church to be the people to guide him to his bride, the world. And everyone's invited. So it says in our passage that all of them had lamps with oil because they knew their role. They were given a specific responsibility to prepare the way. But it says only the first, or in the five who were wise had extra oil in the jars with them. It says this, five of the ten were foolish and five were wise. What was the difference about them? They were the same. They were, they had, they, the foolish weren't you know, lesser. The wise weren't better. They were equal, just like all of us in the body of Christ. We're equal in our role in bringing the world to Jesus. And it says the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. So the key difference in this passage is there are five of them just took the lamp because they're like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to come at 5 p.m. It's 4 p.m. Okay, we're ready. Let's go. The others kind of thought it more deeply. They, they realized, you know, if he's later, if it gets darker, if he for some reason 
uh, along the way to the, to the party is lost or, you know, has something happens, the, the, the carriage breaks its wheel or something, we have to prepare. So they brought extra oil to meet the bridegroom. Friends, the main lesson that Jesus gives to us in this parable is a question, do you have enough for the end? The question is not, are you longing for the end? I think all of us, to some degree, we are hoping and thankful that Jesus is coming back because until he comes back and destroys evil once and for all, we will continue to suffer. People, innocent people will suffer. Injustice will never end. Greed, sin, uh, abuse will never end until Jesus comes with judgment. This time he's going to come as a lion, as a warrior, and he's going to literally destroy those who are supporting the kingdom of Satan that's operating in this world. But the question for you is this. As that party is about to begin, we don't know when. Is what your faith and your, your love and your hope in God, is it enough till the end? I'm not asking, is it enough for the end of this year? Is it enough for today? Is it enough for next year? But do you have what it takes to be ready till the end? I want you to reflect on your journey with Christ so far. How much have you grown? Last week, we experienced, we witnessed how simple it is to receive God's grace and become a child. Literally, the people who stood here, people who stood in the, in the baptism uh, in the main century, they did nothing but simply say yes. Because again, as I explained, Jesus did the hard work, right? But once you receive that grace, it is now up to you to use what God has given to make the decisions to prepare yourself for the end, and also prepare the world, right? I want to, you know, ask if this year you feel like you invested your life in the right areas so you can be ready for the time. This is what happens in our parable, right? It says the bridegroom was long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Jesus is warning us that as we look forward to his coming, it's not going to come when we think it's convenient. It's not going to come when we think we really need it. In fact, here is two things why, number one, it's delaying and why it's dangerous as it is delaying. Friends, as I mentioned before, Jesus is delaying his coming because of his mercy. There are still people in this world who are still not knowing that they are a child of God just like you and that they're invited to a party and that they're still in a course of life towards utter destruction and darkness. Because God loves them, he is waiting for the party to happen. He's counting on the church to ready the world for that party. Because it's going to happen one time because he has given us already Jesus Christ for everyone to be able to come in. It's his mercy, giving time people for to repent. But here's the problem. As we see his coming becoming longer and longer, as in that time what's happening is the darkness, the sin, and the wickedness of the world is going to increase more and more. The Bible says sin is going to increase all the more. Now, that's both good and bad because it's bad because we're experiencing it, right? All of your plans, all of your hopes we don't know. Nothing is certain at this point, right? We realize that literally the peace that we thought the America had, it's, it's very fragile, right? 
At any moment, anything can happen. Your plans to see your family, all of the things that you took for granted, money, uh, food, shelter, protection, all of that, we realize, wow, it's so fragile. And guess what? The longer Jesus returns, the more the darkness will grow. The good side is this. As that power increases, God has promised that the more sin increases, more his grace will increase. I believe the Lord is counting on, on us and believing in us to grow to a place where we can grow stronger even it's the, in the midst of the, of, the, of the battles that are raging all around us. But Jesus shows us in this parable that all of them became drowsy and fell asleep. So I don't blame, I don't judge wise or, or foolish, but the reality is it was difficult for everyone, right? All of us, like right now, we're feeling it. This is just a beginning of the birth pangs of what's going to happen. As Jesus' time gets nearer, the, the, the Bible promises trouble is going to increase. But the question Jesus asked to us today, and I ask you, is, is what you believe is your lifestyle, is your walk with God, is your spiritual life in God, is your support system, is it enough to take you the distance? Friends, the end is coming, and the Lord is trying to help us to think before the end comes. As we come to the end of one season in our life, look back and realize, are you enough? Do you have what it takes to go to the end? So finally, in our passage at midnight, it says the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. All of a sudden, it says the, then all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps that were going out. And the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. These were earnest and these were trustworthy women, young women, ready for the bridegroom. Their focus was ready. They were all expecting the, the party to begin, but they didn't know that there's going to be circumstances that will make it more difficult than they thought. And this is what the wise women say. They say, no, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Friends, this is Jesus' pleading for us today. You have to go for yourself, buy that oil. Friends, to be ready for that and to have enough, it's going to cost you more than just receiving God's grace. I mean, by the grace of God, I hope all of us will enter that party and everyone you know in your workplace, in your family, and among your friends, you will be the wedding planner that gets to get all of your friends and family that you care about and all of your coworkers and all of the people you love. I pray that through your life that you will have enough oil to tell them this is the way to meet Jesus and this is the way to the party. But friends, that role is going to cost you because it is very important and also very difficult. To be, again, again, to be a child of God is so easy. You really, literally just have to believe, right? But, it, it, but, but to grow strong, you need to learn to chew. Sometimes you have to learn to catch the animal. You have to wrestle it. You have to learn to chop it up, learn to season it, to cook it. It takes practice to make it perfect. The grace you've, you've been given, you need places and, and experiences and learning and of, of, of growing, being trained in order that you can now make it, uh, make, make it a benefit to who you are. When all of us who have been given 24 hours, the Lord is asking us to be wise about 
your time, your limited time. We all have limited resources and we have the freedom to invest in something that will matter for that great event or things that will literally waste your experience, your time, and your resources. I'm asking, do you have right now the money to buy, the power to buy yourself the oil that you need for this end time event? It says this, but while they were on their way, the foolish ones to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived, the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Friends, right now the door is open, but there is a time where it is shutting because it is going to shut forever towards wickedness. There's time coming when God is bringing a time where every pain, every sorrow, everything that's dead, everything that's sorrowful, everything that's hateful in this world will be permanently cut off from those who live and who live for his peace, his righteousness, his justice. The door is open right now, but there's a coming a time where it will be shut and it will be shut forever. God in his mercy has been giving us thousands and thousands and thousands of years, thousands of millions of chances for us to repent and to come in. But there is a moment where that door will be shut. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful that it hasn't shut yet because it gives me chance to prove myself. It gives me chance to grow in love. It gives me chance to experience more of God's grace. I am thankful that even though that door is open and there is right now evil in this world, I am thankful for the temptations. I am thankful to God for the hardships because it proves me and it teaches me how, to, how valuable that oil is. It teaches me to use everything I have to be ready for that moment. It teaches me about reconciliation. It teaches me to become like Christ. It teaches me what love is because when that door shuts, there is no need for me to fight anymore. There's no more need for me. There's no opportunity for me to, to grow in love because there is not going to be any more hate. There's not going to be any more evil to, to experience. So friends, it's right now time for us, as he, Jesus says in the final verses, says, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Friends, if you want to end well, if you want to have enough for this, the great end that is coming, let every moment in your life, season in your life, be an opportunity for you to keep watch. And to keep watch, it doesn't mean just to put, you know, toothpicks in your eyes so you don't fall asleep, but it means to actually prepare, to train yourself. It means to be alert. It means to know what you're deliberately investing your life into. I wish somebody can buy oil for you for, for the for party that's coming, but this is going to be something that you have to do on your own life. This year was, the slogan for this year was pray continually. And uh, I can look back this year and two things that comes to my mind. Number one is I wish I prayed more. Because when I look back, back at, the, at this year, because I prayed, I made it through. If it wasn't for my investing my time, even when it's hard, and, 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 and calling people, even going out of my way to find time and the resource to pray, I would not have made it. I really would not have. And my regret only is this. I wish I prayed more. I wish I invested more to meeting with God, to being closer to God. Thank God I have next year to do, but I don't know how much longer I have to become people 
who actually have enough for the end. That's what I'm asking for us to think about today is, do I have what it takes to get to that party? Or will I be like the five foolish ones who end up perishing? The end of 2021. What must we look forward to in 2022? I hope that wasn't just a downer because I have a hope for 2022 and this is what it is. In 2022, our slogan is going to be koinonia. It means fellowship. Friends, as I read this passage again, it was interesting why the Lord didn't just say there were two versions. Because, I mean, how many people do you need to guide uh, your bridegroom to the party? But there were 10 and five of them. We see a beautiful picture of community. Right? We see that in order for us to have enough for the end, it, it's not an individual effort. Yes, it is something that you have to carry, but it's not something that you can alone do in your own power. It takes the community of people. Because I believe it was the five people, if they were wise, that wisdom built each other up. Through wisdom, they reminded each other, hey, let's prepare a little more. Hey, do you have an extra jar? Do you have an extra opportunity? Do you have an extra gift that you can offer? Do you have an extra uh, 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 space in your life? Let's fill it with God. And that godly counsel built them up to be ready. But what about the foolish ones? I'm sure they didn't all start out as foolish, but maybe somebody suggested something wrong. Somebody invited someone to the wrong thing, and they, that foolishness became part of what made that identity as a group. So in 2022, what is your koinonia going to be? What is your fellowship? Which group of people are you going to go into? Here's a picture of koinonia I, I am looking forward to in 2022. It's just a funny picture. But as long as you're paddling, who, no matter who you're with, no matter who's on board, if you're going the right direction, you keep paddling. Friends, I believe in 2022, and for the rest of this life, as the Lord's time is drawing very close, it is actually said, but in his wisdom, he has given people so much time, but that time is running closer and closer. I pray that we'll become the wise ones. We'll become people who really care about not just ourselves, but our friends and our families here and also in the world, our neighbors. Do they have what it takes? Do they have enough for the end? Let's take a moment in this time to pray as the praise team comes forward. And I want us to take, lead us into a time of reflecting on our life and just to give, you guys, give us a, a few prayer points. Let's pray together in this time. God, we thank you for the end now because, Lord, it helps us to stop and to see how is the condition of my lamp. The lamp represents your calling, your gifts, your mission for each and every one of us. Our lamps are all different. Some of us are lawyers. Some of us are doctors. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are pastors. But we have all different lamps. But we're asking today, God, do we have enough oil? That oil is something that can only come through love relationship with God. Lord, it is the love relationship with God that allows us to thrive as fathers, mothers, wives, husbands, friends, daughters, sons, and uncles and cousins and co-workers. God, if we do not have that love relationship with God, our lamps are going cold, and everyone, not just my life, but everyone around me also is in darkness. Lord, let it not be so. Help us today, while we have time, before you arrive, to go and buy oil. 
Take the moment right now just to ask the Lord, God, do I have enough oil? And ask the Lord, how can I buy more oil now? The Lord is so merciful. He didn't just surprisingly just appear to us out of nowhere, but he has given us his word. He has given us the community. He has given us his spirit to get us ready. Again, not just us. This party is not about us. It's about the world. Is the world ready? I believe the real question as I was thinking about this sermon is beyond am I ready, but it's have I made the world ready? Because that's what the true meaning of this passage is not about was the virgin ready, was the virgin ready for the party. Because the party has to, is, is the Lord is look, longing for the world. His love is not just for us, but his love is for the world. And the Lord is inviting us to be people who can ready the world for Jesus Christ. Father, whatever time is left, help us to be wise. Help us to not to waste our oil burning for something that, is, that has no consequence. Investing our time and energy and efforts into things that really have no consequence in the end. But would you allow every dollar, every pound of muscle, every second of our life every relationship we have, everything we do, every passion we have, every dream we have, can you help us be wise and make it be for this great event that is coming at the end? And I believe you will, Lord God. I believe you will teach us how to be prepared. Let this congregation be the five wise ones who prepared one another for this great event. In Jesus' name.